If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Arab Shabbos to all of you and a good Chodesh. Today is Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, the second day of Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. And Rosh Chodesh, of course, is a day of celebration and festivity, a day when the moon reappears, a day when the light reappears, a day that we emerge from the darkness, a day that we celebrate the radiance, the brilliance, the light of Hashem every single month. This is one of the great festivals, a minor festival to some, but an actual fact, something which is extremely important within the Jewish calendar. We say Hallel. We add a degree of festivity to the day. Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, a special day. And when it comes together with Erev Shabbos, directly from Rosh Chodesh into the day of Shabbos, what a special time it is. Tammuz, a complicated month. A month which brings to mind, on the one hand, great tragedies that happen to the Jewish people. At the same time, our sages tell us that beneath all of that, there is great blessing and great divine opportunity. Before that, again, a word that I want to share with all of you. We are living in difficult times. There is a terrible, a terrible pandemic out there. Be exceptionally careful. If you're eligible, I ask you, I plead with you, go out there and get vaccinated. It is very, very important. And even if you have been vaccinated, be incredibly, incredibly cautious. Wear a mask, social distancing. Don't go into any area that you don't have to be. It's a crazy situation out there. Just this week, we have lost people who are close to us, and I extend condolences to the Steinberg family, to the Schutt family, to people who have lost their lives, close ones, loved ones, to the COVID pandemic. It's not an easy time. It mustn't be taken lightly. Be exceptionally careful wherever you are. We can't outsmart this thing. We're going to have to get through it in the best possible way. I urge you, I appeal to you, be exceptionally careful. The month of Tammuz, the month of Tammuz brings to mind, as I said before, sad moments in Jewish history, difficult moments in Jewish history. Moses comes down from the mountain. He's bringing the gift of the Luchot, the Ten Commandments, the tablets that God himself made to present to the Jewish people. And what does he see? What welcomes him? Does he see a cheering mob of Jewish people waiting for the Torah? No. What does he see? The Jewish people are dancing around the golden calf. That takes place during the month of Tammuz. In fact, our sages tell us five, five terrible, terrible events took place during this month. In the book of Ezekiel, we come across the word Tammuz. What does Tammuz refer to? Tammuz refers to a particular type of idol that was made out of clay. And it baked in the hot sun because Tammuz refers to the heat of the sun. 
So on the one hand, when we celebrate the Shkodesh Tammuz, we pause for a moment and we think, what is this month of Tammuz all about? At the same time, our sages tell us that the literal translation of the word Tammuz means heat, light. And not only light, intense heat. And it refers to a passage in the book of Psalms, in the book of Tilim, Kishemesh Umagen Hashem Elokim. Metaphorically, Hashem is referred to the sun that has both the Shemesh Umagen, the actual sun, and the filter that surrounds the sun. Because the intensity of heat and light that emanates from the sun is exceptionally powerful. And if not for that filter, if not for that which protects the intensity of heat and light, the world would be destroyed. Similarly, we have different dimensions of godliness. The four-letter name of God, yud Hey vav Hey Elohim, as God manifests within the natural order that he creates. There is the Shemesh of God, the intense light and heat and revelation of God. And there's the Elohim, the filter. And we are told Tammuz is the time where the intensity of Hashem appears. And this is why Tammuz is that type of complicated month. On the one hand, we see difficulty. On the one hand, we see events that don't speak highly of the Jewish people. But at the same time, this is a month were the heat, were the light. Metaphorically speaking, the intensity of godliness is present as well. And we are able to derive incredible energy from that. We are able to take from that. We have to be careful. Because just as the unfiltered light and heat of the sun can be dangerous. Similarly, the unfiltered light and heat of godliness, if not handled correctly, can be destructive as well, so to speak. And this is why Tammuz is a time that we have to approach the entire relationship with godliness in a very specific, a very disciplined sort of way. And this is why Tammuz, in a sense, is the beginning of the summer months in the Northern Hemisphere. Not only the Northern Hemisphere per se, but we speak about Israel because we count our seasons, we judge our seasons in prayer and everything else in terms of how it appears in the Holy Land of Israel. And in the Holy Land of Israel, Tammuz ushers in the heat of summer. And the heat of summer is welcomed by many. But the heat of summer can also be overwhelming. It can be stifling. It can be something which overwhelms the individual in terms of its power. And this is why it has to be handled correctly. It's necessary. It's vital. It's part of God's order within the creation that he brought into being. But it's one of those incredibly intense energies that has to be handled correctly. Tammuz is a month of tremendous, tremendous opportunity. We are told by the Kabbalists that the tribe that is connected with the month of Tammuz is the tribe of Reuven, the very first child of Jacob and Leah. And what does Reuven refer to? Reuven refers to sight. 
where Leah says, God has seen my pain and my difficulty. Reuven refers to sight. Sight is clarity, seeing something, seeing something with absolute certainty. This is what this month is all about. This is a time that if we exercise the sight that we are gifted with correctly, we are able to see whatever has to be seen with clarity in its most perfect sense. It's not something which is easy necessarily. It's not something which comes easily, but it's something which is powerful and something which is positive and something which is possible. And this is something which we can do. Tammuz is that sort of month. And this is why Tammuz coming on Erev Shabbos, ushering in Shabbos, a day of peace, a day of rest, when we can take that incredibly powerful radiance from Hashem, when we are able to take, so to speak, the heat and light of godliness, when we are able to take that incredible, powerful sight and begin to see things correctly, this is something which is extraordinary, and this is something which we have to deal with, this is something which we have to do. This is something that we have to exercise in terms of our own lives. This is something which comes this time of the year when we read the Parsha of Korach generally. We have to understand the connection between the month of Tammuz and the Parsha of Korach. More of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the month of Tammuz, a complicated month, a month which on the one hand brings to mind terrible tragedies that took place to the Jewish people as a result of their questionable behavior. And at the same time, we speak about the intensity of God's revelation and the connection, the relationship to the Parsha of the week, the Parsha of Korach. And what does Korach bring to mind, of course? Korach brings to mind the great and terrible rebellion of Korach and his henchmen against the leadership of Moshe and the priesthood of Aaron. A story that boggles the mind. Korach, a cousin of Moshe. Korach, who had a position of importance and honor as well. Intensely jealous of the leadership of Moshe. Intensely jealous of the priesthood of Aaron. And he goes and he develops this whole revolution against the leadership of Moshe, the priesthood of Aaron, despite the fact that he knows full well that God himself made these appointments. It wasn't Moshe who proclaimed himself as the leader of the Jewish people. It wasn't Aaron who proclaimed himself as the high priest of the Jewish people. It was God who designated both of them into these important positions. And Korach was no fool. In fact, the Torah tells us that Korach was a man of great intelligence. And in fact, our sages ask the question, what motivated Korach, a man of incredible intelligence to do something which was so foolish, didn't he realize that this whole revolution, this whole campaign against Moshe and Aaron was doomed to failure? What's this story all about? And as we take a look at the details of the story, it boggles the mind. 
the opening sentence. Vayikach Korach, and Korach took. What did he take? It doesn't say what he took. And again, our commentaries have difference of opinion. Rashi quotes Uncleus, the great translator. He said, Vayikach Korach, Korach took himself to the side. Korach was a man who wanted to create conflict. Korach was a man who wanted to create problems within the community. He was a person who wanted to see himself outside of a united community. But be that as it may, what was Korach thinking? And then, of course, we see something which is quite confusing as well. How does Moshe respond to this revolution? How does Moshe respond to this attack on his leadership, this attack on the priesthood of Aaron? Moshe turns to God and he says, don't accept anything from them. Don't for a moment allow this type of revolution to be successful. And one wonders, this is so uncharacteristic of Moshe. At every single turn, Moshe at all times defends the Jewish people. Moshe overlooks their weaknesses, their shortcomings. Moshe tries to defend them and find favor in the eyes of God despite the bad behavior of the Jewish people. And here, and here he turns to God and says, don't listen to them. Don't accept their offerings. Don't in any way acknowledge that whatever they are saying is just and correct. Does Moshe feel threatened because it's a personal attack? Is Moshe behaving in a way which is contrary to his normal way of behavior because now the attack is against him personally? No. That's not Moshe. Moshe is a man of great integrity. Moshe is a man of great humility. Moshe is not an individual who, when attacked personally, is going to defend himself personally. There is something altogether taking place over here. What is the intention of Korach? And why does Moshe respond in the way that he does? What is Korach accomplishing or want to accomplish? Korach wants to break down the barriers of difference that God implemented at the time of creation. We live in a world of incredible beauty, of incredible balance. There is night, there is day, men, women. We live in a world of a great manyness, where each thing has its own character, where each thing has its own color, where each thing has its own identity and presentation, where each thing has its own unique and special contribution that it makes to God's creation. What does Korach say? Korach, the great revolutionary, comes along and he says, Why are you lording over the people? We are all equal. But he doesn't say we're all equal. What the actual is saying is we're all the same. And that is destructive. And those are the words of the so-called great revolutionaries throughout history. Of course we're all equal. 
being equal is the way God created us. But God did not create us all the same. We are very different. And that's the great gift that God gave us. We are equal but different. And our difference makes us who we are. Our difference gives us our own freedom. Our difference gives us our own identity. Our difference gives us our own divine ability to make a unique contribution. If we were all the same, God forbid, that would be the ultimate curse. We would all think the same, speak the same, look the same, do the same thing. We would live in a monolithic world of sameness. Equality means equality of opportunity, equality of potential, that we all have the ability of making a contribution, but we make the contribution in different ways. Korach wanted to break down those differences. Korach wanted to say, Moshe, you are the very same as everybody else. Moshe is equal to everybody else, but he's not the same as everybody else, and nobody is the same as anyone else as well. Because equality and sameness are two separate and opposite things. And this is why Moshe turns to God and said, God, don't accept anything from him. Because although his rhetoric, his political speech might be appealing to the people, but if it appeals to the people, it will break down the boundaries, the beauty of creation. The beauty of what you implemented in this world. God, don't allow for this type of talk to take root among the people. Moshe is not concerned about any personal attack on his leadership. Moshe is a man of greatness, of great humility. And he knows that God will defend his appointment as leader and the appointment of Aaron as the high priest. God doesn't want the Jewish people to fall into the trap of accepting the slick tongue of Korach who will confuse the people with the rhetoric of cheap talk. We're all the same. Why do we need leaders? Why is Moshe greater than we are? Etc., etc. And this is why he says, what will be the proof that in actual fact it is God who made these designations it is God who made these appointments when the punishment will be clearly seen as something which is a new creation the word creation becomes operative the very same God who created heaven and earth and made all these differences he will create something new the earth will open its mouth so to speak and swallow these rebels creation will be revealed yet again. God the Creator will be present because God the Creator is the one who brings this difference into being. We are all equal, but we're not all the same. Being the same is a curse. Being equal is freedom. And this is what Tammuz is all about. Tammuz is the intensity and heat of God's revelation, but it needs a filter, without which it overwhelms everything. It's the sameness. The filter allows for detail. The filter allows for individual expression and identity. The filter allows for the natural order to exist, for the manyness, for the things, 
the relationship between Tammuz and Korach. When you take away the filter, when you take away the ability to see each individual thing for what it is, all you see is the intensity of light and heat, a sameness. You don't see equality. That is destruction. That is the negative dimension of Tammuz. But when you allow for the filter to exist, that's the benefit of Tammuz. Korach wanted to remove the filter. Korach wanted to remove the differences. Korach was attacking the leadership of Moshe, but that was only the speech that he was making. What he wants to do is to create a world where there are no rules, where there are no differences, where anything and everything goes. And think about the world today. A world where more and more people are thinking that way. A dangerous world. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the Parsha. We're talking about Tammuz. And Sunday, in fact, tomorrow night, sorry, Shabbat and Sunday, is the third of Tammuz. And the third of Tammuz, we commemorate the 27th yard site of the Lubavitcher Rebbe of righteous memory. And it usually comes out during the Parsha that we read the Shabbos of Korach. But it's a time that we remember the Rebbe and we remember the concept of leadership. Because although I am biased, I admit, I am Chabad, I am a Shliach, the Rebbe lived as an example of what leadership is all about. And the leadership that the Rebbe showed us is the leadership that we talk about in this week's Parsha. The leadership that talks about, on the one hand, equal, where he showed each and every single individual, men, women, young, old, in every walk of life, whether you're involved or uninvolved, observant, not observant, each and every single individual has the ability and therefore has the duty, the obligation to do something, to exercise to a lesser or greater degree a dimension of leadership in their own lives, within themselves, within their family, within their social circle, within their communities. The Rebbe encouraged each and every single individual to be a leader. And he saw, he recognized, he encouraged each and every one of us to see our own unique gift. What did God give us? What special talent did God give you, me, everyone? And each and every one of us has a unique gift. And because we have a unique gift, we are obligated to use that gift in a leadership sort of way. And this is why it was quite unbelievable to see in his word, in his action, his vision, how each and every single individual has the ability of exercising leadership. In the words of the light Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, he says, you know, great leaders have followers, extraordinary great leaders create leaders. And that was the Rebbe. The Rebbe created leaders. 
A couple of weeks ago, you probably saw the article if you follow the Jerusalem Post. The PEW, the Pew Data, which is published annually, it's an organization that looks at shifts and changes within the American community, particularly how it affects us, the Jewish community, reported that just over 38% of the Jewish community in America has some sort of connection with Chabad. Now, that's an extraordinary number. 38% has some sort of connection with Chabad. Because the vision of the Rebbe continues to flourish and grow and develop. The leadership message, the leadership idea that the Rebbe implemented is not something which lasted a generation, but continues to grow. It's an ideal. It's something that people continue to connect with and to reach out. And it's authentic. It's real. This is the vision of the Rebbe. And this is why, as we approach the third of Thomas, 27 years after he physically left this world, it's a time to reflect upon something like this. That in our generation, we have been blessed by this type of presence. And while, of course, we talk about the great, the great luminaries of Jewish history, our own generation has been blessed with this giant, a man who brought his vision into fruition, where he touched the lives and touches the lives. I'm talking about America now. And America is a difficult Jewish community. 38% of the American Jewish community has been touched in one way or another to a lesser or greater degree by Chabad. No one else. No one else, no other organization comes close to that. Why? Because this is the message of the Rebbe. Every one of us is a leader. Every one of us has the opportunity to do something extraordinary. Every one of us has a gift. Every one of us has a talent. Every one of us can and should do something great. This is... Hamosha responds to Korach. Korach wants to create a world of sameness, of ordinary things. Moshe wants to create a world of extraordinary things. This is the leadership that they ever followed. A world of extraordinary things. We're young and old. A child can do extraordinary things. Anyone can. You don't have to be in a so-called official leadership position. You can be a shopkeeper. You can be a taxi driver. You can be whatever you are. A teacher. You can be anyone. You have a circle that you can influence. And that is a leadership exercise. And that's what the Rebbe taught and that's your job, and that's your duty. Because each and every one of us has that equal opportunity of doing something. And this is why as we approach the third of Thomas, tomorrow night and Sunday, it's a time to reflect, and not only to reflect, but to rededicate ourselves to the vision of the Rebbe. A vision not only of recognizing greatness, 
but emulating greatness, making it our own and living up to that. So this Shabbos, if you're in shul or if you're at home, remember it's the month of Tammuz, a month of, well, opposite intensities. Use the positive dimension. Listen to the story of Korach's revolution, a failed revolution. Listen to the arguments he presents and listen to the response of Moshe. Listen to the idea of what leadership is really all about, to bring about extraordinary opportunity into the lives of each and every single individual. Good Chodesh and good Shabbos.